Hello, and welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story podcast, produced by ED Media. Today's story is from the best-selling novel, Journey to the Kingdom of Soul, written by author Everlast. The Brook. The heart of Musina beats within these walls. Chapter 7. With a week of travel by foot under their belts the small royal party was exhausted by the time the Brook territory came into view. Tusi say, the people of the brook will embrace us, Gunn said over his shoulder. I hope so, cause my feet are killing me, Stephen whined, causing everyone to let out a chuckle. Don't worry little brother. If we're lucky, we might be able to get a few horses to use for the rest of our journey, Sahara said as she rubbed Stephen's head. That sounds like a plan my lady, Nalani agreed, as they made their way up the grassy hill. The brook territory is a large expansion of land, with the main portion of the metropolis resting atop a hill, making the brook hard to attack, but easy to defend. With its 25-foot-high stone wall surrounding the entire city, and armed guards posted in strategic positions to keep a watchful eye on all sides, the brook has never had any invaders make it past their stone rampart. The brook territory had a long and deep history that was filled with a rich culture of life, music, mysticism, and a profound love for its people. The humans of the brook were very vain people, who took pride in the work they put in to keep their dark skin moisturized and always smelling good. The different fabrics and color coordination used to make their garments always separated the brook knights from the rest of the city's population in Musina. Another dimension of the brook that made the strong city stand out in Musina were the unusual inhabitants, called the humanals, an animal with human traits and functions. The special living arrangement with the city mystified friends who visited and enemies alike who tried to invade the city. The Brook's chief leader, Papa Big, always stood his ground with the will of his people against invaders who usually retreated from the Brook Knights after not being able to conquer the first leg of their attack. Whenever the element of the steep land didn't stop them, the Humanals would step up and secure a victory for their people. The alliance between the Brook and the Kingdom of Seoul was made many centuries ago, through the secrets and power of their universal culture high hop. Outside of these two cities no one understood how a people could be so different in life, but have such a powerful love for each other allowing them to communicate with each other through the gods of song whenever necessary. The front portcullis of the main wall opened, and two men atop of horses, rode out of the gate and down the hill. They met the royal party halfway up the hill. State your business, one of the riders commanded. His large sword hung from his hip making his burly size more threatening from his high position. We only wish to stay over for a few days before we continue on our journey to the kingdom of Seoul, Sahara said, matching the serious stare the guard gave them. The two guards exchanged a look, then looked back down to Zahara. If you are traveling to the kingdom of Seoul, then why are you traveling by foot? Our land was attacked, Zahara said with nothing but hurt flowing from her eyes. We never had time to gather horses or even supplies for that matter. What land? The other large guard asked, as he rested his left hand on the butt of his sword. Pack a sound. Zahara said, watching as the two guards exchanged another look. Pack a sound was attacked? By whom? The industry army, Zahara said, trying to keep it together until they made it into the city. What about the king and queen of Pack a sound? The guard asked. Sahara looked down to her feet, then looked back up into his hard eyes and said, My father, the king, died in battle. Oh, forgive us princess. The guard said feeling guilty about his hard questions. 
Yes, please follow us to the castle, the two guards quickly rode back up the hill to inform the others of the arriving guest. I guess he was happy to see us, Zahara said, her smile helped the rest of the party relax a little after their unpredictable encounter. Well let's not disappoint them, Nalani said, leading the way up the dark green hill. The sun steadily fell behind the horizon, giving the land a red glow. Thoughts of finally being safe from having to walk under the hot sun motivated Nalani to walk a little faster than she did all day. Come on young prince, Nalani snapped over her shoulder. Stephen sucked his teeth. I'm coming Nalani, he whined, as he put a little pep in his step. When they made it to the open portcullis, a small welcoming committee was slowly taking form at the front gate. The talk of visitors quickly began to spread with the excitement and activity of nothing short of rolling out the red carpet for the arrivals. Welcome to the brook. A man as brown-skinned man, with a wide smile greeted the royal party. He was dressed in blue and silver flowing fabric that mirrored the traditional dress of an old brook knight. Sahara matched his five feet seven inches height as he stepped up to her and extended his hand, I am Diop. Pleased to meet you, I am Zahara, Queen of Pakasound, she said returning a smile. Pleased to meet you Queen. We are preparing some rooms in the main castle for you and your retinue, Diop said looking over the rest of the party. Thank you. If it's possible I have a few requests, and I would like to speak to the king of your land, Zahara said. But if it's any inconvenience to you and the sovereign, then. Diop quickly interjected, no, no, of course there's no problem. Papa Big has already informed us to bring you to a prepared dinner, hosted by the king himself. Okay. Zahara said, as Diop lead her onto the back of a carriage. Once the carriage was packed with the new arrivals they took a short ride through the vibrant city up toward the main castle. People waved as the strong smells of food being prepared floated through the air. The heavy sounds of drums mixed with the rocking of maracas danced all around them. Look Nalani! Stephen exclaimed in awe. Nalani looked over in the direction he was pointing in and she was also amazed to see a panther having a conversation with a woman, who looked to be buying vegetables from him. Is that a panther talking? Nalani asked. Diop chuckled, yes madam. You will see a lot of that in the brook. Oh, Nalani said under her breath as if embarrassed. The Galona men were also impressed as they conversed amongst themselves in their native tongue. The energetic activity of men, women, and humanals taking place in the streets of the brook was a sight to see. Zahara nibbled on a piece of dried cinnamon bread, looking off into the distance of acreage that was a colorful blend of city and jungle. The fruits that hung from trees made her mouth water, as she flashed back to the beautiful fruit and vegetable trees that used to blossom back in her homeland. The main castle was surrounded by seventy-foot-tall trees, and an array of shorter dense thicket that gave the place a feel of being protected by the tropical vegetation. Colorful pieces of cloth hung from the machinations like they were flags blowing in the wind. From the outside of the castle looked to be a place that was full of spirit. Zahara leaned over to Nalani and said, It's beautiful. Yes it is, Nalani said returning the smile to the young queen. The carriage came to a stop and a small group gathered at the back of it to help its riders off. The Galona men hopped out first and quickly scanned the area, with the prince hopping down next. The two women were helped off last and were welcomed with a small boutique of flowers. Are the rooms ready? Diop asked. A woman dressed in a long flowing red and yellow damask garment answered with a, yes sir, and she took up a position next to a line of women that stood shoulder to shoulder holding baskets of fruits, bread, linens and pitchers of water. 
Queen, this is Santoya. She will head the group for your hospitality, Diop said introducing the honey complexion woman to the queen. It's my pleasure queen, Santoya said with a slight bend at her knees and a head nod. Thank you Santoya, Sahara said. This is my brother Prince Stephen and our guardian Nalani. These men are from Kelowna village. They are our personal guard. Everyone exchanged pleasantries as Sahara leaned over to Santoya and asked, Is there some place where? I can. You know. Sahara was feeling a little embarrassed to be speaking about her personal hygiene in front of a group of people. Of course my queen, Santoya quickly said, sensing Sahara's need for some privacy. Everything is waiting for you inside. The visiting group was taken up to the second level of the castle. This wing will be yours for your stay, Diop said as he'd lead the group through the halls, which were buzzing with activity. Would you like to share or would you prefer separate rooms? Santoya asked Sahara, referring to her and Nalani. Zahara smiled, yes, we will be sharing and my brother can have his own. Unless he wants to be with the Galona men, she said looking over to Stephen. Not wanting to be left alone in a strange building, the young prince easily agreed to be with the Galonas, yes, we can stay together. Okay, it's settled. The women will be in here, and the men will be across the hall, Diop said, as he pointed and shouted orders to the women who ran from room to room getting things ready for the guest. Dinner with Papa Big will be served in two hours, so we will be back for you then, Diop said, and he escorted the men to their room. I will be staying with you Queen, Santoya said. Santoya, please call me Zahara, if you're going to be hanging out with me. Santoya chuckled, yes ma'am. Then she led the way into the large room. Big feather stuffed pillows and large blankets, laced with colorful patterns were laid out in the far corner up under an open face window with a color-filled cloth blowing in its wings. The strong smell of freshly lit incense filled the room, overpowering the smell of fresh bread and baskets of fruit that rested on a table at the far end of the room. A large tub, with a flowing sheer curtain around it was filled with hot water. Off to their right was a small selection of garments laid out for the women to choose from. Your bath is ready. Do you need anything with it? Santoy asked, as she tested the water temperature. No. Is there another bath for Nalani? Zahara asked looking around the room. Yes, in the other room. Come now Nai, I'll show you, Santoya said, and then escorted her into an adjoining room. Zahara undressed, then eased her body down into the water. Her body slowly began to relax as she rubbed the soap onto her cocoa skin. Once she was satisfied, Sahara rested her head on the edge of the tub, and let fragrances from the soap and incense release the held-up tension in her body. Sahara could tell that after the bath and a hot meal she was going to sleep like a baby. She realized this trip had her whole body aching. She closed her eyes and decided to rest them. Queen Sahara? Santoya said in a soft voice. Sahara opened her eyes and was confused for a moment about where she was. I'm sorry for waking you. Oh, no that's all right. How long have I been sleeping? Zahara asked rubbing her eyes. Not for too long, Santoy said with a smile. Are you ready? She asked holding out a fuzzy cloth for Zahara to dry off with. Yes, Zahara stepped out of the tub and Santoy wrapped the cloth around her. What patterns would you like to wear? Santoy asked, walking over to the laid-out garments. She should wear the colors of power and prestige to give off a strong presence, for her first appearance, Nalani said as she strolled into the room looking like a new woman. Nalani was dressed from head to toe in a sky blue and black wrap. 
Her black hair was still wet and curly from the halfway point down to the ends. Nalani, you look beautiful, Sahara said with a bright smile. Thank you my lady, Nalani blushed, and went over to pick out a wrap that would help Sahara make a statement at the dinner. What colors were you thinking about? Sahara asked. Santoya handed Sahara a bottle of oil that smelled like roses. Use this Sahara to moisturize your skin. Okay. Thank you. You'll see. Nalani said over her shoulder. Sahara rubbed the oil over her naked body and was immediately captured by its scent. This smells great. Now this will give you the high-ranking appearance you will grow into and at the same time give your first major audience the impression of you being comfortable and confident in your position, Nalani said with a warm smile. She held up a fire red and green pattern two-piece. The material was soft chiffon, making Zahara feel like she was being wrapped in lace. Santoya wrapped Zahara's still damp hair in a matching pattern. Then the two women stepped back to view their creation. Now that's a work of art, Santoya said. She looked over to Nalani and the two women shared a chuckle. Zahara blushed, I feel like it, she told them. Zahara put the heart of Pakistan around her neck and took a deep breath. Okay, I'm ready now. The women went across the hall and found the Galona men clean and ready to go. Young prince are you ready? Nalani asked, as she rushed over to him straightening out his black and silver jerkin. Yes. Can I bring my sword? Stephen asked. Nalani looked over her shoulder to Zahara. What you think my lady? Zahara thought about this for a moment, then stepped further into the room. Yes, and bring the book too. She looked around the room as the Galona men and Santoy waited in the hallway. They seem like nice people, but we have to be ready at all times, just in case we have to run in a moment's notice. The three of them looked at each other and a telepathic feeling came over them. From the moment they left the safe confines of Pakistan it has been them against the world, and even though they were welcomed by fellow allies, this wasn't the time for them to let their guard down. The corridor was once again hopping with activity as word quickly spread that the royal visitors were making their way down to the dining hall. Diop met the procession halfway to the dining hall, looking energized and happy they had guests from one of the major civilizations in Musina. People are already buzzing around the hall. Papa Big and Lady Light will be joining us shortly, Diop said with a bright smile. Lady Light? Sahara asked in a low voice, but the attentive Diop heard her. Yes. She is very excited to meet you queen. Diop said as he led them around a series of white clothed tables, which had either a basket of fruit or fresh bread on top of it. You sit here queen, and the prince shall sit here, Diop said directing the seating arrangement. Once Sahara sat down, the opportunity to finally take in the hall presented itself. The room was flowing with electricity, and she knew everyone would be staring at her as she tried to seem interested in the bowl of fruit in the center of the table. People made their way into the large hall to the blend of bongos, tom-toms, and a pair of lyres rolled through the airwaves. Conversation rumbled like low hums, as head nods were exchanged. Inquisitive eyes gazed across the high city council table at the guest of honor tonight, as freshly dried breads were placed on the tables. Prince Stephen wasted no time and went right to work on a set of cinnamon-flavored rolls. Nalani fussed over Stephen to get her mind off of all the people that were staring at them, while the Galona men sat at the next table over and conversed amongst themselves. They will bring in the black bean soap first, then the fish meal, and finally wild turkey with tomatoes, Diop said with much enthusiasm. Oh, when will Papa Big be joining us? 
Sahara asked Reddy to get this first meeting underway. Sahara did not know there were going to be so many people there to witness the royal meeting. She would have preferred a humbler reception, but the smile on her face told the story of a young queen that was very grateful for the one they were receiving. Diap was giving them the rundown on the production of the night's events when he spotted the king. Ah, there he is. Sahara looked over to the set of double doors on the east side of the dining hall as they were held open by two guards and thought she was dreaming. She watched a six-foot-eight-inch-tall black bear walk fully erect into the hall. His paw was in a hand lock with one of the most beautiful light-skinned women Sahara had ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise, Diap said, grabbing the attention of the entire hall with his booming voice. Every person in the hall rose out of their seat and began to applaud. Sahara looked around the crowd of close to 500 attendees and slowly began to realize a large number of animals and humanals were sprinkled throughout the seating arrangement. Loud cheers greeted the royal couple, as Papa Big escorted Lady Light over to the table with a large red tiger trailing them. Sahara was knocked off of her feet by the couple, but when she got a good look at the rare tiger, she was in awe. Legend had it that there was only one red tiger in Musina, but no one really believed that tale unless they had the opportunity to come to the brook. Queen, welcome to our land, Papa Big said, as he took Sahara's hand and kissed the back of it. Sahara blushed. Thank you for having us. He nodded. I am Papa Big, the crown of the jungle city and this is my wife, Lady Light, he said stepping over so the two women could have a better face-to-face -face greeting. The red and green wrap complimented Zahara's chocolate skin and bright smile very well, but Lady Light took everyone in the room's breath away decked out in a pink and blue sari. Her long flowing black hair looked as soft as silk and the stone-encrusted tiara was only outshined by Lady Light's smile. Nice to meet you Queen? Lady Light asked as if not sure Zahara was the right person to address. Yes, Queen Zahara of Pakistan, she said returning the smile. This is my brother, Prince Stephen, and our guardian Nalani. The three Kelowna warriors are our personal guards given to us by their high priest, Zahara held her head high as she took pleasure in introducing everyone. Lady Light's eyes dazzled as she stepped closer to Zahara. Your necklace is magnificent, she said as the heart of Pakistan slowly glowed to life. Lady Light could feel its power without having touched it. Thank you, Zahara said with a light blush of her eyes. Papa Big was also intrigued by the heart, but he was more interested in what they were having to eat. There would be plenty of time to inquire about the glowing gem. Papa Big introduced D Tiger as his second in command and the Red Tiger surprised Zahara by bowing its head and saying, Pleased to meet you my queen. My people of the brook, I would love for you to welcome our friends from Pakistan, Queen Zahara and Prince Stephen, Papa Big announced causing the hall to erupt in another round of applause. Now please, enjoy your food and drink and let's show our friendly visitors a good time, Papa Big said, as he sat down indicating to the rest of the hall they had permission to sit. The black bean soup was passed out and Papa Big jumped right into his bowl. He did not do this to ignore anyone at the table. He wanted everyone more interested in their food than in the conversations taking place at the head table. The way he saw it they would have plenty of time to ask the most important questions of what brought them to the brook in such a disturbed state. How was the receiving committee? Lady Light asked. They were wonderful. That was a breath of fresh air, Zahara said, sounding truly pleased. I'm glad. Whatever you need, they will provide it for you, Lady Light said, as she looked around the hall for one of the food servers. How long is it for the next course? 
In one minute, miss. Lady, one of the servers said and quickly ran off. Zahara sipped on her soup until the plate of snapper fish, with an array of green and yellow vegetables finally arrived. Lady Light seemed pleased they bought her something she could eat, because black bean soup wasn't one of her favorite dishes. Zahara, how is your fish? Lady Light asked. She was sitting on Zahara's right at the circular table which was full of an array of different dishes. She chewed on a piece and gave a pleased grin, this is delicious, and these greens are extremely tasty. I'm happy you're pleased, Papa Big said. He looked around at the festive crowd, which was seemingly lost in good food and the steady flow of the music, and decided this was a good time to speak with Zahara about her travels. So tell me Zahara, what brings you to our land? Papa Big asked in between bites of his snapper. Our city was attacked by the industry army, but before they stormed the wall, my father sent us out of the city through a secret pathway, and we were instructed to go to the Kingdom of Seoul, Sahara said. I've heard the industry army was stepping up their campaign to industrialize the entire Musina, Papa Big said. He then thought carefully about his next set of words. So Zahara, you say you are the queen now? Does that mean the king and queen of Pakistan did not make it through the invasion? Zahara looked down at her plate, then back up into the eyes of the black bear sitting across from her and said, We spent the night in the Galona village and the high priest sent a small committee back to Pakistan to see if there were any survivors. Her silence after that statement told Papa Big and Lady Light volumes about what they must have went through in the last hours of being in their homeland. We're sorry to hear this, Papa Big said in a sincere tone. Zahara stopped twirling her salad and put her fork down. We wanted to stay with my father, but he insisted we leave the city. It was as if he knew this battle was going to be different, she said, feeling like she somehow failed the people by leaving in the middle of a fight for their right to live under the loving umbrella of High Hop. Sensing she was feeling down about the decision her father made, Papa Big pushed his plate over to the side, your father made the right choice to sneak you and your brother out of the city, he said looking into her eyes. Trust me, if I was put into his position, I would have made the same decision for my son. You have a son? Zahara asked with surprise in her eyes. Papa Big and Lady Light chuckled, yes we do. You'll see him. That is, if you stay around for a while, Lady Light said, finishing Papa Big's thought. You've been so kind to us. We don't want to be any kind of burden on you and your people, Zahara said. Child don't be silly. Lady Light playfully said. You are welcome to stay here for as long as you need. We are here to help you, not rush you off after one dinner. Zahara chuckled, thank you Lady Light. Which reminds me, Papa Big do you think it's possible for us to gather up some horses to use on the rest of our journey? Of course, I was wondering how you made it this far on foot, he said with a hearty chuckle. I've never walked so much before in my life, Zahara said with a bright smile. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore, Papa Big said returning the smile. I will also send a couple of soldiers to accompany you on the rest of your journey. Oh no, that's not necessary, Sahara said. No, please. Let us do this for you, Lady Light said. That will put our minds at ease knowing that we can help you in areas that are well needed, like your security. Also, our people know the faster and safer trails to the Kingdom of Seoul, Papa Big added. Zahara thought about this and the prospect of having more allies with them on this long journey began to appeal to her. Okay Papa Big, I will accept your personal escort. His smile was wide as he stood up and said, Good. 
Now we will entertain you and your people to a taste of the brook flavors. I hope you enjoy it, Lady Light said as she also rose out of her seat. Sahara didn't know what to say. She thought they had already witnessed the night's entertainment and after their meal, the night would be over. But as the activity around the band began to change it was clear the night was far from over. The music began to shift from the mellow mood of serenading the dinner crowd while they ate, to a more up-tempo beat that began to grab everyone's attention. People of the brook, since we have special guests to join us tonight Papa Big and Lady Light would like to share a melody with them, and you too, to show our universal sign of greetings, Diop announced to the crowd. Applause erupted as all eyes once again focused on the guests sitting at the high council table, causing Sahara to blush. Lady Light's soulful voice slowly began to boom from her five-foot, six-inch frame as all eyes turned back to where the band was set up at. The tom-toms thumped as the maracas rattled under the influence of three horns. Lady Light opened up with a humming melody. Here to be together, be down for whatever, the love we share, can only make us better. Papa Big sang, oh words that talk, dance before your eyes, it's no surprise, how we stand by each other's side, I've been known to smother a few cries, emotions on the rise, Papa the tough one, the list, the most proper, the crown jewels consist of gems, there's nothing hotter, we in the gritty land, the city of jungle bands, the beats and sounds, the flows are through the hands, we are the proud people, all created to stand equal, blessed by the gods of song, to keep pressing on, speak, and let your word be born, I feel the truth as it seeps out of the gold horns. Lady Light sang, here to be together, be down for whatever, the love we share, can only make us better, la, la, la 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 la, Papa Big sang it's all about the backup, you got mine, I got yours, Never have to look over your shoulder, in the midst of war, our roots are rich, and the bloodlines are thick, hope to be here forever, the generational grip, let the knowledge run free, to the young in line, share our gift of the hard beats and smooth rhymes, visit distant lands, they say papa you too kind, try to shower the big bear in fruits and sweet wines, the first lady by my side, she's full of diamond lines, the envious don't understand, that their stares are a crime. Lady Light sang here to be together, be down for whatever, the love that we share, can only make us better, la. La. La la la. The entire hall was in a frenzy as people and humanals danced with each other under the heavily influenced high-hop vibe. Sahara was clearly marveled by the performance as she sat back clapping her hands to the beat. Nalani and Steven stood up and began to dance with each other, as the Kelowna men laughed and clapped their hands to the beat. Papa Big and Lady Light looked like an ideal team musically feeding off of each other's words and energy, keeping their audience in a joyous mood. Sahara had witnessed some great festivals and feasts in her homeland, but there was something very special about the one she was now attending. She knew the welcome feeling the people of the brook were showering them with was turning into an extraordinary experience she was proud to be part of. Sahara did not want it to end, because it felt so right from where she was sitting. Sahara laughed to herself thinking anything will feel right after the hectic weeks they had just been through. More food and drinks were brought out as another woman stepped in and took over the job of serenading the people with her voice. Everyone enjoyed themselves well into the night. When Zahara finally laid down on the comfortable hay-filled comforter her worn-out body relaxed and her mind floated off into a heavy dream state. Today was a good day were the last words she remembered telling herself. Hey everyone, it's Walter Everlast. I want to thank you for listening to Let Me Tell Your Story podcast. Tune in for the next episode. God bless.
bless and be safe.